0: a heaviness brings a heaviness on people and the thing is you you have to understand that you're not alone and that um that uh, you're not alone and that this is not uh this is not god's will for us and and that we have to fight past it you know and um and push past it and nobody has it all together and there's no you know super saints Uh, there's only one super God, he's supernatural and his power. And the the Lord said, you know, uh, to Paul, Paul was saying to him about this thorn he had in the flesh and how he felt so weak with it. And, you know, God didn't give him the thorn in the flesh, whatever it was, I don't know. Maybe it was, was it something from his past, you know, condemnation and regret about, about, uh, you know, all that he had done to the Christians before he became saved. Is that why he wrote in, in, in Romans chapter eight, there is no, no condemnation for those who are uh, in Christ you know because that's what the enemy does is he torments your thought life, he torments your emotions and your mind and your heart he'll torment you through other people even you know their actions or their and and you see what we have to lay our lives on on uh, before the Lord and submit to him and yield to him and it's it's not easy you know because there's things and we've just spoken about this the last couple of weeks how we are to sow to the spirit and not so to the flesh and um but one scripture you know that's really the lord i i love that about the lord is that you know when you are going through dark times and difficult things uh, when you know the word of god and when you open the word of god god will speak to you Mm. he speaks to us through his word by the power of his holy spirit and this is why it's so important for people's hearts to be turned to the Lord. And as we pray for people, you know, uh, people maybe pray for various things, but the greatest thing you can pray is that that a person's heart will be turned to the Lord and that they will hear His voice calling them. And, you know, He doesn't just call them as in, hey, you, get over here. He calls them by their name. He calls us by our names. And... Um, you know, when a person's heart is turned to the Lord, he promised to give us, Jesus promised to give us um, the helper, the Holy Spirit, who is our comforter. And he is the one, you know, why, why is that? Why did God, you know, the first thing that he said when he said, I will, I will send you um, the helper, the paracletos, the one who will come alongside you, the comforter. Uh, because we need comfort, and there are times when life is a struggle and when things are not, you know, fantastic or things are uh, difficult. And, and it's a lie for anyone to believe that everything is perfect with everybody's life or everybody's family because that is total baloney. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's what made Facebook was people being able to put up uh, their, their best side to put up the best pictures you know our family is so happy look at all the wonderful things we do ha ha and you know somebody else then who's who's struggling with a, a family that are just and all over the place are going oh my look and and you know it it, it really it, it inflates and and it promotes depression mm-hmm. yeah, so it does and and it's a lie and like yeah we have a facebook page the church but it's really just to to, to deliver content that maybe people hadn't seen, you know, good news and uplifting news. But I'll tell you, we need to be very careful about the things that we're allowing to filter into our minds because they are are affecting our mindsets. And for many of us, you know, when we're going through difficult things, it, you know, it's not our physical body that needs healing, uh, even though there may be a sickness, it's, it's what's at the root of it. And very often it's in people's mindset, in how they their attitude, in how we look at ourselves, and I'm, you know, I don't write sermons. I just tell you what it is the Lord has been dealing with me with. But anyway, I can tell you that, you know, at uh, uh, this is what God spoke to me in in Psalm twenty seven. Did I say Psalm twenty yes. seven? In Psalm twenty seven, and um, praise God in uh, verse f- what's that five? I'll just get my glasses. Talk amongst yourselves, there. <laughs> we talk. What you? That's it. my greatest fear. <laughs> That's the, you know, that's the truth, like, you know, is that, uh, the fear of men is, is a right snare, isn't it? Praise God. But anyway, we've been delivered from that. And, and you know, that's very often the reason that people are under pressure and are afraid uh, because of the fear of men or fear of what people are saying or whatever, thinking. But, um, in, yeah, this is the amplified version. In Psalm 27, verse 5, and it says, For in the day of trouble he will hide me in his shelter, in his pavilion... In the secret place of his tabernacle, he will hide me. And that word tabernacle is his tent. This is very personal to God. You know, your welfare and your well-being is personal to God. He doesn't... um, People have been taught, and religion, religion will tell people, the religious spirit, rather, will tell people, you are a filthy, dirty rag of a worm. Stay back from God. You need to find somebody who's really good and really nice, who's already gone on to be with the Lord. And you better talk to them and get them to talk to God for you. Because there's no way that you could ever come close to God. And that's the way that people have been reared. And it's why so many people stay far away from God. Because they think that he he won't accept them or that he'll look at all the flaws in them. We all know our flaws, but you know what? So does God. And yet he's still, it says in Ephesians, while we were still in our sin, he sent his son Jesus to die for us. It didn't matter to him. You know, the sin mattered to him, yes. And, and he sent the propi- propitiation, uh, the, the, the Messiah, the, the, the ransom. Jesus paid with his perfect blood for the sin, but it was for the sinner Jesus came. He said, those who think they are well don't need a doctor. I came for the ones who are sick and they know it. And there's no way out for them. And um, that's why, you know, you need to be careful of that religious mindset as well. So here, in the secret place of his tabernacle, of his tent. Okay, how big can a tent be? Okay, there are some giant tents. But in the, in the context of the, of the day when David was writing it here, his tent... Uh, You know, even the tabernacle, it was a very large building, but the outer court was was very large, and that's where the people went, but the high priest uh, went behind the curtain, behind the veil, into the most, the holy of holies, into the place where God was, and that was much, much smaller place. And if you think about it, um, I don't know if you've ever been in a tent, but tents are fairly constrictive and small. And so God, uh, and, and we sang it there, you know, uh, Lord, uh, that you would embrace us. Uh, and, and this is what the Lord wants you to know, is that he's your loving father. And you've got to get over the notions and the, the mindsets that you have about Things that you've seen and learnt from those who were earthly fathers. Because maybe they weren't uh, uh, you know, um, able to reflect the love of God as they should have done. But God the Father is totally different. And in James, um, just keep your finger on, on Psalm 27 and flick over to the book of James. Because the Lord has spoken to me a lot from this the last few weeks. And I was really delighted. I heard um, Catherine mention it last night on Zoom when we were in prayer. Um, But in James, let's see. In James chapter 2. I'm going to show you two or three scriptures in James James is some book I love it and you know I love it the fact that James who was Jacob or Jacob he was Jesus's half brother he's the one who wrote this book so you know um, that's just another thing to dispel any theory that people have heard that Mary was ever virgin Mary went on to have uh, brothers and sisters and it, it, uh, it speaks of that many times in the scriptures and James, Jacob he was one of them and um, in, in James chapter 2, um, uh, let's see, cause I have two Bibles on the go, so which one did I mark? <laughs> have patience. Just whistle there for a minute. <laughs> Praise God. He's talking about, um, you know, how people can show partiality. to to some, and, uh, you know, over others, then they they don't like them as much. Um, And he basically tells, you know, if you favor one person over another, you're committing a sin. You're guilty of breaking all the law. And um, uh, in, in verse 12, whatever you say and whatever you do, remember that you will be judged by the law that sets you free. There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when he judges you. And another version says, mercy triumphs over judgment. Now, this is not just in relation to myself. Uh, That God's mercy has triumphed over the judgment that was due to me for my sins. Because the, the blood of his son washed my sins and cleansed me. And therefore I have been able to come into his covenant of mercy. That's what the new covenant is. It's a covenant of mercy and peace. It has shown and given me mercy through the blood of Jesus. And it has brought peace between me and God. And peace between myself and myself and myself and others and that's why jesus said the greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as you are sorry to love the lord your god with all your heart all your mind why did he say that love the lord your god with all your heart all your mind all your soul which is your emotions and your strength which is everything you are and everything you do we are to love the lord our god and then we he said and you are to love your neighbor as you love yourself and this is an issue for many of us in that when the enemy torments us and, and, and uses whatever situation or triggers to to break people or to try and bring destruction, very often you'll see that people turn against themselves or they turn against others or they turn against God and they blame themselves or they blame others or they blame God. And you see, it's the opposite, it's like the, the complete polar opposite of what God said, uh, through Jesus, is the greatest commandment. And so God wants us to be uh, at peace, not just with him, but at peace with ourselves and at peace with our neighbours, with those who are in our circle, our families, our neighbours, our work colleagues, all of those that we have anything to do with. And the thing is, is that you'll often see that people who are not at peace or who have not received the love of God for ourselves cannot then live at peace with others or with God. And there, you know. Uh, but the thing is, is that we read it last week. I'm not going to go over it again in Romans chapter 12. That you know, as far as possible. As much as depends on you, live at peace with all men. And so there has to be um, a, a, a dusting off, you know, get up and say, Yeah, I have messed up. Yeah, he did mess up. Yeah, she did mess up. But you know what? God, you are good, and that will never change. And you want me to be at peace, not just with you and in intimacy with you, but also to be at peace with all of those. In, in my circle and with myself. And that's perhaps why Paul said that there is no condemnation now for those who are in Christ. And why God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you in your weakness. Yes, you're weak. We all are. We don't have, we could never save ourselves. We could never do anything. We couldn't even breathe our next breath Unless God had given it to us. And so, you know, we have to be mindful that uh, this is what's wrong, you know, with people. um, That people think that this is all there is. But we are only passing through this world. We're here on an assignment. We're here as ambassadors of God's kingdom Amen. to fulfill his purposes. And this week, as I said, you know, the, the Jews all over the world are going to celebrate with rejoicing the feast of what they call Purim, P-U-R-I-M. And it is the, the, the deliverance of the nation of Israel and the Jewish people um, and Esther uh, in, in the land of Persia uh, from the, their wicked enemy, Mordecai. And you see, it's a real reflection of the church today and Mordecai who was Esther's cousin you can read yourself. I really encourage you to read the book of Esther this week it's only 10 chapters long but it's actually riveting so it sounds a lot but you you won't be able to put it down but um, the thing is and ask the Lord as well don't ever read the Bible without asking Holy Spirit will you reveal to me here what it is that God is speaking to me because this is why you know people in all their intellect and education will say the Bible is just a load of myths and stories they are are looking at at the Bible and the Word of God from their intellect and their heads, and God help them, but there ain't much in their heads. Uh, you know, they, they may have great degrees and all kinds of things, but if they don't know the Lord, and this is the thing, you know, people are storing up so much on this earth for themselves, they're achieving great things for themselves and, and all this, and that's great. God wants us to be achievers, He wants us to, to do well and, ex- and to succeed. But when you're doing it in your own power, you're going to find out fairly lively at some point your power runs out and your strength runs out and you're left running on zero and if you don't know the Lord you're in deep deep trouble and uh, praise God Uh, so mercy triumphs over judgment and judgment comes from being being at odds with God and we just read in Psalm 27 that the Lord will hide me in his in his tent in his pavilion he will give me shelter and refuge there in this, in this place of close intimacy with him. This is not some weird, you know, sexual type of intimacy. But the thing is, is that it's, it's intimacy in the same way uh, that actually the, the, the word of God tells us that marriage is a reflection of the relationship between God and Jesus and the church. Uh, that, and that's why that at the end of people wonder why why will Jesus say that that he'll say to some people depart from me I never knew you when they were always telling people about God but you see unless we enter into the secret place and come into that close uh, close intimacy with God of of you know uh, worshiping him of yielding I suppose yielding and submitting to his plans. And allowing him to use us as vessels of glory and honor. There's nothing dirty about it. There's nothing, uh, as I said, sexual about this intimacy. But it is a pure, holy uh, relationship based on the blood of Jesus Christ. And we have to. That's that's why we celebrate communion. To honor what Jesus did for us. To allow me. Somebody like me, we sang it there, you know, amazing grace, uh, how, how sweet thou art that, that would save a wretch like me. Um, the man who wrote that, that portion of that song of amazing grace, you know, he was a slave trader. He, he was involved in evil and corruption and all kinds of, of defilement all his life. And yet, when he came to know the Lord and he received his mercy, you see, mercy triumphs over judgment. And when that man received God's mercy, he was brought back into right relationship with God and and filled with his spirit and now living for him, with him, collaborating with him. Jesus said, You know, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come and learn from me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And, and that, that word yoke, it's, it's that yoking together of. Look, me, let me a Let's display it here. Oh, sorry. <laughs> what end am I? Uh, of, of collaborating together, me and the Lord Jesus Christ, and walking in one step with each other, you know, and, and being in perfect synchronization, in you know, me drawing from him what he wants to do and him using me to disperse and to, uh, thanks Louise, and to uh, uh, fulfill his plans for my life on this earth. And that's what he wants for every man, woman and child to come to know him in that, in that relationship of, of total union um, uh, where I am a vessel that can be used by God to to display his power, to display and demonstrate his kingdom. And so we can't do that until we've come to the Lord and, and released all that sin out of our lives and realize that mercy triumphs judgment, that we do not have to live condemned and accused by the enemy because he's a liar. And not only does he lie into our ears and and spout off uh, rubbish, uh, you know, trying to to, to, to bring destruction to people uh, through whatever circumstances, but he causes, you know, lying symptoms and all kinds of manifestations in the physical body because of those lies. And many people are suffering and struggling in their bodies with various diseases and, and sicknesses because of the manifestation of conflict within them. Conflict between them and God, conflict between themselves and, you know, me and myself, or conflict between me and others. And, you see, any kind of conflict, condemnation, accusation, unforgiveness or bitterness or strife, it manifests in the body as sickness. And so that's how somebody who has some kind of terminal cancer or, 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 you know, some kind of, of fatal diagnosis... Uh, that when they come and, and hear the word of God, and hear, uh, you know, read for themselves what is inside in the word of God, and they receive his mercy and his love, that that sickness disappears instantly. Mm-hmm. How, you know, it's not some kind of voodoo-doo-doo magic. It is because their their life has come into alignment. And, and so that is what we must do, Is is... Ask the Lord to bring us into alignment, and the only place that we can do that is in that secret place Amen. hidden and concealed by him in the pavilion mm-hmm. and in uh, go on to just uh, James chapter three James chapter three. As I said, the book of James, it's only like four five chapters long. It's so interesting and very simple. I love that about James as well. You know, even in the King James version, it's a really simple uh, word to understand. But um, he talks about in, in James chapter three about controlling the tongue. And he gives the practical object lesson of how a huge ship is, is steered by a pilot, you know, by the captain, by a, a very small rudder can turn that giant ship. And in the same way, he said, our tongue, stick out your tongue. Mm, there it is. <laughs> our tongue can uh, be utilized by God or by the devil. And, you know, it can, it, it's a flame of fire, he said, and it's set on fire by hell itself. And, uh, you know, he he goes on to say that people can tame all kinds of wild animals, but they can't tame the tongue. And uh, we read it there on Thursday night on Zoom as well. You know, that death and life are in the power of our tongue. Now, that's not only for when we're speaking about other people, but it's also about when we're speaking about ourselves. And the Lord, you know, he's, he's trying to minister to this to his children. You can't talk like that about yourself. Don't be saying things like that. I can't do that. I'm useless. I'm hopeless. These are the things the devil will tell you in your ear. You're useless. You'll always be a failure. Your father before you was a failure. Your, 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 you know, your whole family are failures or whatever. He will try and, and frame your world with his words and his lies. And he wants you to get into agreement with him uh, to, to believe those things and to start saying them yourself. And you need to repent for for the things the idle words Jesus said you know every idle word that anyone speaks they'll be judged for unless it's repented of and we need to repent of getting into agreement with the devil where we have said uh, you know negative things about ourselves or about others or where we've listened to those things we need to repent and cut from it because it is not of God it is not of God and make that clear either we're reading the bible and living by it or we're not and so, um, you know, he says the tongue can set a whole, a whole forest on fire. Think about that. One tiny spark can t- set a whole forest on fire. And it says, you know, that this same tongue we'll use for one minute, praising God, oh, praise the Lord, hallelujah, and the next minute for tearing the legs from under uh, somebody who's been made in God's image, our, our, one of our brothers or sisters. That is, it just, you can't live like that. We're like the unbelievables now. You can't do that, let's. You just can't do it. Did you ever see that one with the guards? It's so funny. John, um, Kenny, and Pat Short. Yeah. You can't do that, lads. You just can't do it. Well, that's what the Word of God says. You can't live like that, and we can't do that. We can't bless God in one breath, and then in another, you know, curse somebody. And and it's something we're all learning. It's something we're all learning. Listen, no one has it all together. And uh, this is not a word of condemnation. Anyway, where am I? In, in, getting on to verse 13. If you are wise, this is James 3.13. If you are wise and understand God's ways, prove it by living an honourable life, doing good works with the humility that comes from wisdom. Now, this is where the religious spirit says, right, I'll just do good works, you know, and I'll do loads of good works, and I'll try and make my way right with God, and then he'll see what I've done, and he better give me a few brownie pints, and, you know, I'll be fine. We'll all be grand. I'll do my duty, and that's it. Well, I think... You know, is that the cohort of people that Jesus is going to say, depart from me, I never knew you? Because, and, and, and they'll say to him, well, Lord, we prophesied in your name, we did this in your name, we did that in your name. And he says, you never knew me, and I never knew you. And so there's this, this intimate relationship of knowing God, of, of, of yielding to him and, and doing what he, what he says. He's not going to tell you to do something bad. God is not evil and he cannot tell anybody to do anything evil. And if you are thinking that God is telling you to do something bad, you are seriously mistaken. That's not God you're listening to. It's some other spirit from another source, demonic in origin. So it says here to do it with the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom, and that's what you often see. You know, you think you'd be made by some people; you think you'd be made by them, and yet, you know, what's really going on in their heart or behind closed doors is something totally different. And I'm not telling you not to trust people because we have to trust people, and we have to trust God. You know, and we have to we have to live a life of 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 believing the best of everybody. But um, such such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder or chaos and evil of every kind. Yeah, sorry, I quoted that wrong earlier. Wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, you will find disorder or chaos and evil practices of every kind. But, say but... Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to check we're alive. Hallelujah. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. See, that's the thing. God is holy. We sang it there. Our Father, you know. Hallowed be your name. You are holy. God is holy, and we we've said there. You know, let your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Listen. Is there sin in heaven? No, No, there isn't because God is holy. And that's why he had to send Jesus. That's why Jesus had to die such a brutal death on the cross in order to pay for mankind's sins. Because otherwise there was no hope of salvation for mankind ever. There was no hope. It had to be a sinless, perfect sacrifice. And that's why Jesus is called the Lamb of God. Because, uh, you know, if you go back into the Old Testament, when God instructed them about uh, the sacrifices, they were to take a lamb, a pure, unblemished, perfect lamb, and sacrifice it. And that lamb, they were to put the blood of that lamb over the doorpost and sprinkle the blood on the people in order to Um, cleanse them or uh, sorry not to cleanse them but to cover their sins but see when Jesus came the lamb of God his blood sacrifice and you can read all about it in Hebrews chapters 7 8 9 and 10 um, when Jesus came his blood one time for all was the perfect sacrifice Uh, he is the Lamb of God. So the wisdom from above is first of all pure. So say first of all pure. First of all, pure. Okay. It is also peace loving. Say peace loving. Peace loving. Okay. Now. Um, it is also gentle at all times. Say gentle at all times. At all times. And willing to yield to others. And willing to yield. To yeah. So willing to yield. Uh, as in you know, willing to yield to God, first of all, yielding. That's why Paul says, I die daily. He laid down his flesh every day. Did he want to do the things that God had called him to do or minister to the places where they beat him and and savaged him and mocked him? No, he didn't. But he did it. He yielded to God, even though he knew he was facing, you know, uh, terrible things. But he still did it because he loved God more. And I I just said that to you, you know, many people are fasting at the moment uh, in the world. Uh, They're fasting in religious circles and things like that, and and that's wonderful. And, you know, God has called us, Jesus called us to pray and fast. But I I, I really feel that a key to successful fasting, to be honest, I I wasn't a great faster myself. Uh, I found it extremely difficult and frightening (laughs) because I would think that I was highly hypoglycemic <laughs> and mm-hmm. how could I do without sugar or food or anything uh, but I'll tell you the Lord has really uh, broken that fear off me as I have understood that I love God more than I love a tin of coke mm-hmm. you know and that's coke as in coke zero not cocaine and uh, <laughs> uh, you know uh, I, that I love God more than I love and, and the same which I think that the Lord isn't just calling us and, and this is maybe where I'm, I'm coming from with this teaching The Lord is not calling me to just, you know, fast from food as some kind of a religious effort. He's calling me to fast from the way that I have reacted to things, to people, to circumstances. He's calling me to fast from being afraid of people. He's calling me to fast from, from, uh, you know, judging people or being, you know... uh, thinking the worst about them. He's calling me to fast from those things. And I think that God is far more interested in our character than he is our food. <laughs> but you know, when we put down the flesh, maybe it starts with with fasting uh, food or fasting whatever your favorite thing is. There's no point like, in fasting your breakfast, to be honest, because I think anyway. Well, maybe there is times in the Lord. There's different types of fasts and he does call us you know, to, to fast different times. But I think if you can fast something where you have a problem... <laughs> Uh, I I think that's where you're going to see real breakthrough you know maybe it's it's your reaction I know myself he's really dealt with me about this I have pages written to myself uh, about uh, you know uh, the things that God has been showing me uh, to fast from my reactions to certain people in my life when they annoy me or get on my nerves uh, and um, have I got there? No, but I'm getting there. <laughs> it's a, it's a daily thing. I die daily. <laughs> Hallelujah. But um, you know, just to. Or you get a phone call, or, or something doesn't, you know, the bank is, oh, gee, in the red again, or something, you know, and, and your immediate thought is fear and, oh, what's going to happen? How am I going to start this? Listen, maybe if you fasted from that reaction and say, Lord, I thank you, you promised me, your word says that you will supply all my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus, and I'm going to trust you here, and I'm not going to react the same way. I think it's something like what you know Joyce Meyer had a great teaching one time about going around that mountain again you go around you come to the end you get the test you fail the test you have to go around the mountain again <laughs> You come around again, you get the test, you fail the test, around that mountain again. You know, and and the thing is, is that our lives are a series of of, uh, peaks and valleys. And and oftentimes uh, people are afraid of the valleys, afraid of the test. But actually what God is looking for is maturity. He's more interested in our character than he is in, in, you know, that's why he said to Samuel, man looks at the outward, but I look at the heart. And so God sees what's in your heart as well, by the way. So, you know, don't be letting yourself get condemned. Don't let the enemy condemn you. Uh, And if you hear condemnation or accusation in your ears from, uh, you know, that's the enemy twisting. He's twisting the truth of the word of God. Because what God's word said is that he loves you. And that he's proud of you. You know how many people need to hear that who've never heard it from their fathers or their mothers? I'm so proud of you. You know, uh, people need to hear that God is proud of you that's why all these you know people are off on this pride uh, crusade they're looking for for somebody to speak into their lives and i tell you to have any man or woman to stand up and be a spiritual mother or father to those who are lost and to to speak forth the truth of the word of god and give them the truth don't give them don't give them lies don't you know you need to speak the truth but you speak it in love uh, you, you're going to see uh, If we see the church doing that, we're going to see people melting in the presence of God. So let's get back to this. Um, It's willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy. Say full of mercy. mercy. And the fruit of good deeds. deeds. It shows no favoritism favoritism. and is always sincere. And And those who are peacemakers peacemakers will plant seeds seeds of peace. And, and reap, a reap a harvest of righteousness. Yeah, you know, there's two uh, types of peace people mentioned there peace loving and peacemakers, not peacekeepers. And there are many of us that have been living in situations with people where we have been operating as a peacekeeper, you know, and peacekeepers. Uh, will never have confrontations, but peacemakers will. And there are times where you need to have an open discussion and dialogue, and praise God for anyone who, who you can have that, you know, with. But there are other times where it just needs to be a confrontation, because this is the fear of men. where people have been trying to keep the peace, walking on eggshells, afraid of, you know disrupting or disturbing somebody and 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 you know poking the bear and having the bear attack you well god calls us to be look at that again peace lovers or peace uh makers not peacekeepers. so that was something else i noticed okay so just to go back uh to hebrews actually um it's the book behind uh, james hebrews chapter 13 okay just almost finished This is just, again, another character-building character-building passage. Um, keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers, for some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. Remember those in prison as if you were there yourself. And that's not just physical prison, That's also people who are caught up in any kind of bondage or addiction. You know, we are to pray for them. We are to pray that their hearts would be turned to God. That they would receive the freedom that Jesus won for them. What's the point in somebody living their life on this earth and never knowing the Lord Jesus, never knowing what he did for them? So many people have had miserable existences all their lives. Sadness, sorrow, torment, anguish. And, you know, they're being taught by a religious spirit, that that will make them right with God. Listen, keep it up. You're doing a great job. God will definitely like you for that. Oh, the more miserable and poor you are, the better it is. You're straight on the way up. Like, what a lie. Jesus said the thief came to steal. Comes only, sorry, he comes only. Steal, kill and destroy. But I have come that you would have life and life more abundantly. Abundant life. What does abundant life look like? It looks like overflowing. More than enough. Blessed. Peace. Peace with God, with yourself, and with men. Hallelujah. So, um, yeah. Remember also those being mistreated as if you felt their pain in your own bodies. Give honor to marriage and remain faithful to one another in marriage. God, I'll tell you. There's a big wake up call coming. A big wake-up call coming for people who are not doing this because marriage and the family is God's original plan for men on this earth and people have got sidetracked and distracted they've got seduced into having affairs and and all kinds of of you know porn and and I'll tell you people are there you know there's a big um a big uh, upset on social media and all that this week about uh, the sex education that's now being planned uh, and actually has been rolled out in England Mm -hmm. and in Scotland and the Isle of Man and here as well, I suppose. Um, The curriculum for the religious education in Ireland is now um, encompassing a very uh, totally Mm pornographic-based sex education. And, you know... It's, it's, it's only really a, a consequence of the things that have been going on in homes. Because men and women who, who have been rearing families for generations have been allowed to abdicate their responsibility of teaching faith to their children by making teachers do it at school. That's the first issue, the first problem. That faith. And and everything to do with that, that pe- children have been taught religion in school. And I'm not against religion teachers or anything like that. I know they have a real heart for God. But unfortunately, the curriculum they're following is a curriculum based on, on you know, deception. Total deception. And my children were never allowed to go through religious education at school. They were exempt from that class. Because I think you know, they have enough things to deal with without getting that confusion in their minds. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is now that that religious education is opening up to now teach them all about their sexuality. And um, I I don't know whether you've seen this or not, but there's a very um, vile um, curriculum that has been released, certainly in the United Kingdom, and I'm nearly sure it's very similar here, that is now teaching children... um, all kinds of, of uh, perverseness, um, how to use, um, what you call it, uh, let's see now, because little ears, um, you know, all kinds of different um, types of, of sex and, and uh, you know, uh, all kinds of, of just perversion. And so, in, in actual fact, the porn industry is now teaching our children their education. And this has come about because parents have already abdicated the responsibility of teaching faith to the teachers. So the teachers are now teaching them everything. And I'll tell you, it's a curse. And it's also, the reason is, is because why, why didn't the parents teach them about God? because most of them don't know it themselves. And so, you know, if they were to teach their children about God and about faith, what would happen is, they would actually have to themselves stop and look at their own lifestyles and at the way they've been living, and they would be convicted. So naturally, it's much easier to let a teacher do it at school, and that it's like, I don't have to do that, I'm excused from all that. And now parents are getting worried because it's out of control. And also, the authority that parents have is now being taken out of their hands. So a child who wants to now transition to a different gender can actually do so without their parents' consent in some parts of the world. Uh, you know, uh, can, uh, can actually go and have an abortion without their parents' knowledge or consent. A child. And you want to know why is our world all of a sudden turned upside down? I'll tell you. Because children have been put, made into idols. People are worshipping their children. And it says it in the word of God in Isaiah. That children will now be your rulers and your dictators. And that's exactly what has happened. Again, that men and women who should know better. And who should know the, the word of God. My people are destroyed by, for lack of knowledge, have now given the authority uh, that they should have in their home and over their families, uh, or else that they're not even with their families, they've absconded and left them, or never were there for stay. And you've got all kinds of sin and debauchery, and and people are wondering what has happened to our world. Where's all this coming from? It must be God. No, it's not. We are the ones who have authority on this earth, and it's about time, the Lord is saying, for the church to stand up and start taking its authority. Amen? Where am I? Oh, God. Anyway, here we go. In, in verse 5, this is still Hebrews thirteen five. Do not love money. Be satisfied with what you have. Now, what that means is stop making money and, and uh, all that wealth and land and everything an idol. There's a difference. We need money. Okay? You need money to run the world. You need money to buy your food, to pay your bills. So therefore, you go out and you you work and you you earn money, and money is good. It's the love of money is the root of all evil in Timothy. But anyway, be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, this is what I want to tell you. What has God said? I will never leave you. Say, I will never leave you. I will never leave you. I will never abandon you. I will never abandon you. So we can say. We can say with confidence, we confidence. The Lord is my helper. Is my helper. So I will, no I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? Do to me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That, let that be your, 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 yeah. uh, you know, your meditation for today. God said to me, you will never leave me. You will never forsake me. Uh, and I can say with confidence. What's, what's confidence? Confidence means that I believe it. And I understand it and I know it. That the Lord is my helper. The Lord is your helper. And he will never leave you. And you need never have any fear. And no matter what's facing you. No matter what situation is. No matter how bad it is. God wants you to know he is for you, he loves you, and he will be with you. And he will carry you through. And there's nothing that's going to happen. But there is a time where we have to stand up. We need to stand up and have backbone. We need to stand up in our families and take the authority that we've been given. We need to stand up and start praying with authority and like we believe it. Hallelujah. Amen. So just as we break bread in Psalm 55, and it says in verse 22, give your burdens to the Lord and he will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall. And the Amplified says he will never permit the godly to slip, fall, fail or stumble. You know, if you, I really encourage you that when you do come to church, bring a notebook and bring a biro. And sometimes, you know, you might hear something, maybe a different translation to the translation in your own Bible. Write it down. Because it's so important to know the meanings of the words so give your burdens there is an actual giving of them and you see Jesus that's what we're celebrating here as we break bread together Jesus gave everything he had he gave us his righteousness he gave us his blood he gave us uh, he gave his blood to to you know for for our sins and he gave his body for our deliverance for us to be healed in our physical bodies, in our minds and in our hearts, in our relationships, in our finances, in our work. Jesus wants to see you healed. He wants to see you successful. And just as Esther was told, you know, I'll tell you today, you're on this earth right now. You are not an accident. You know, there are many people and maybe their births have come about because of, of some kind of you know, bad thing that happened to their mothers or something like that. Listen, there's no accidents, not that God caused that, but, you know, the Lord has brought you, uh, you know, it says children are a, a reward from God. And God has brought you to this earth for such a time as this to accomplish great and mighty things for him. And no matter what has happened in your past and no matter, you know, what the state you're in right now, you've got to, to put your eyes forward and say, Lord, what is it that you want me? Just like me and Louise there when we were walking together. What is it that you want to achieve through me? I want to bring you glory. I want to, to live for you. I want to yield to you and, and allow you to use me, Father. For you know, He says, eye has not seen, nor ear has heard, nor has entered into your heart the things which God has stored up for you because he loves you. But... He does reveal them to us by the power of his spirit. So when we uh, ask the Lord to baptize us and fill us with his Holy Spirit, Jesus does that. That's why he says, I will send you the comforter, the helper, the Holy Spirit. And he will help you. He will teach you. He will uphold you and lift you up and carry you through. He will minister to you. And not only that, but he will minister through you to, to others. And he will use you to be the hand that stretches out to help somebody else. And you see, all of this is character. It's like our, our natural desire is to be selfish and to say, well, all about me, all about me. But God's character is outward. All about him, all about her, all about them. Because so many people are miserable in their lives because they've, they've never known the truth that God wants to set them free and that he wants to use them to be a blessing. And they've listened to the lies of the enemy that has told them you can't do that and you'll never do that and you're hopeless and you're useless and nobody would ever want to hear you. And so they, they live their lives in this kind of imprisoned state of, 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 you know, paralysis. And that is demonic. God has put you on this earth for such a time as this. And he has a job for you and a calling. Look at your neighbor. Turn around and tell him he has a job for you. Yeah. You think your job is just your day job. No. That's just what he uses on this earth to bring you in money so you can pay your bills. God has a job and a purpose for you. And it may be in your job. You know, there are many people that are uh, teachers and and doctors and firemen and mechanics, and, and you see them, and they love their job. Farmers, uh, you know, all kinds of sh- people who work in, you know, there's some shops you go into, and there's there's people behind the counter there, and they are just such a blessing and a fr- breath of fresh air. They are so good at their job and, and welcoming. And then you go in someone else, and you see them, behind the house and you're you? why are you even here? You know you should really go and find what it is your called to do and go and do that but um god has a job for you and he wants to fulfill his destiny and plans for you so as we cast our cares and give our burdens to the lord it says it in peter uh, you know cast your cares on the lord for he cares for you so let's pray father god, father god today, I today i rejoice because jesus because jesus you set, me free. you set me free. You paid the price with your body and your blood so that I could be healed, so could be healed forgiven, forgiven, and made whole, and made whole. So, that peace, so that I could live in peace and so that I could be used by you, so used by you in collaboration, with you in, collaboration with, you, in with you, in partnership with you, led by your Spirit, you. doing the good works that you have called me to do. do. I ask you to forgive me me for any time time that I have based my salvation salvation on how nice I was was or how good I did things things or how I helped people. I I could never save myself. myself. It's only Jesus. Jesus And I declare you today today to be Lord of my life, Lord of my my family, Lord of, my home Lord of my home and Lord of my future, Lord of my future. I, ask you to me I ask you to forgive me for the things of the past. For the of the past. And now, and now I, forgive and I forgive myself and I forgive all of those, all of those who hurt, me who, hurt me, who me, who wronged me in any way. In any way I, release I release forgiveness, forgiveness and, mercy and mercy to them. And to myself. myself. Because mercy triumphs judgment. Amen. And so I eat this bread today. I eat healing. And restoration. Into my body. My heart and my mind. My relationships. My finances. And my work. And I thank you Jesus. I proclaim your death. until you come again again. Amen. so he said take and eat this bread this bread is my body which is given for you do this in memory of me this bread, this biscuit it's just a symbol it's a symbol of the body of Jesus it's not it's not some weird uh, you know um, thing that has occurred if you listen to Jesse DePlantis he's really funny and he said that, you know, he was involved in, in a denominal religion one time and his mother was really a great advocate of it. And that um, when they took the, the bread and the cup, when, the bread one time, that uh, he was chewing and his mother whacked him across the head and said, stop eating, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's, what you're doing is, is symbolic. You know, the Lord is not, he will never tell you to do anything evil or wrong and cannibalism is wrong. And um, what he said is, take it as often as you take bread. Do it in remembrance of me. Just bring to your mind's eye and remember in your heart what it is I did for you and how you're washed and cleansed and made right with God so that you can go off and live successfully on this earth and do great things for God. Hallelujah. He wants you to do great things. Imagine Amen. that. So let's take the cup. We say together, Lord Jesus, you have a job for me. I'm not unemployable. No. You have a purpose and a plan. And it is for such a time as this, oh God, that you put me on this earth. I am a gift to my family. and to this world and I thank you you for using me me to demonstrate demonstrate your kingdom your your love your your power power, in all of my life life. I give you my life I I yield to you Holy Spirit Spirit. I ask you to baptize me afresh and fill me me with your fire fire. and your power I can, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I take this cup, take this cup in remembrance, in remembrance of, your blood, Jesus, of your blood, Jesus, that you shed for me, shed for me. to bring me peace. Bring me peace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. And that's what his blood has done. It says that in, um, in uh, Ephesians and in Colossians, that is because of His blood that we now have peace with God. Not only peace with God, but peace with ourselves. Listen, there's some stuff you need to get rid of out of your heart and out of your mind. There's some mindsets that, and attitudes that you need to do a full, a full turnabout on. the way you've been thinking about yourself or your future or your family or your past, or, you know, you need to, to stop you need to stop thinking that way. You need to fast from it. And how you'll fast from it is realizing that you love God more than you love that. I tell you, you won't be long breaking those things. And seeing transformation, because that's what God wants you to see. He wants to see you to see transformation in your life. He wants to see it most of all, because he knows who you are. He knows who you cre- he created you to be. He has put stuff inside of you that you know nothing at all about, no matter what your age whether you're, you know, a small little child or, or well into the into the nineties and the hundreds, God has a plan for your life. Amen. Don't waste your life. Live it. You know, let us live. We'll say that together. Father God, Father God let, me let me live my life to honour you, to, honor you, to, give you glory. to give you glory. Let me live my life, let me live my life with, purpose, with purpose, to demonstrate, your love to, demonstrate your, love, to your love, to receive your love, and to live hidden, in that tent, in that that pavilion, that that secret place, place, close to you, you. in Jesus' name. name. Amen. I don't think I even finished reading that, but in in that Psalm 27, it says, and now my head shall be lifted up above all of my enemies. Okay, so your head can't get lifted up above your enemies unless you've come, unless you're inside in that secret place where you understand who you are in Christ. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace, his love in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.